Well, hi there, and welcome to my podcast where I invite you to run with me after memories and shape them into stories. On this show, I'll also share samples of my writing and interesting moments from everyday life. I'm your host, Ruru Sig, and you're listening to my podcast, The Story Chaser. Welcome back, folks. This is episode seven of season two, The Story Chaser. I'm going to open with some words of wisdom for you, something I've had to use this week many times. Um, It's about exhaling as much as we inhale. So uh, these moments in our days, all all day long, I think we walk around really, I took this in, I took that in, and we go home or, you know, end the day with all this stuff that we took in. But you have to be able to let out as much as you take in. So I've been in a manner of coping, um, walking away from certain moments and just going like, where I'm letting stuff out consciously. And it's really helped a lot. So exhale as much as you inhale. For tonight's piece of writing, I am sharing a rough bit from a larger essay from the food and beverage industry. And I'm hoping that it ties up well enough for you. Um, You know, when I spend a lot of time with my pieces of writing, it's like, oh, it makes sense to me. But I'm hoping that I can uh, convey the this really, really interesting moment that I experienced in the food and beverage industry without having to tell you the whole thing. Because I mean, come on, you guys are going to have to read the book when I finally finish it. So I can't give you everything. But uh, tonight is just a piece. It has no title, by the way. And I'm going to go right into it. And that's it. And this is a super rushed intro because uh, it's already 10.15 at night. And I got to edit this and tighten it up and all that stuff that goes along with it. So sorry, but this is just, I'm, at, I'm, I'm off script too. I actually didn't write my intro tonight. So this is what it's like when I'm babbling. Thank you for listening. Here's the piece. I pulled up to the Aloha Motel, parked in the lot, and detached the receipt from my pizza box passenger, which was sweating onto the pleather seat of my 1987 Honda Civic. I looked up to the row of rooms on the second level and spotted 202, matching that on the receipt. That's the one, I said to myself, tugging the emergency brake up and shifting the gear into first. My keys were dangling from the ring around my finger as I balanced the pizza box on my flat palms. I reached 202, shifted the pizza to one hand while knocking on the door lightly with the other. The door opened within seconds. I was greeted by an overenthusiastic lanky man who was pale, wearing only two things, a pair of whitey tidy underpants and a captain's hat. Focusing on the anchor centered in his cap, I tried my best not to laugh. I was successful. When a person is in their late teens, like I was, I think we tend to look at ourselves as invincible, with an unawareness to potential danger. Now that I'm in my 40s, I recall that moment and I shudder at the thought of a barely dressed man standing in the doorway of a seedy motel room before a vulnerable me, doing my best to hold his dinner and my laughter inside. Nothing bad happened, but what if? 
These were the days before cell phones and pins on maps to tell our employers and loved ones where we were at any given time. This goof let out a cry of joy. Woohoo! I love pizza! And thankfully that, with the addition of his shitty $1 tip, was the extent of our encounter. To his defense, this line of work, pizza delivery, was mostly done by men in my day and age, so maybe he wasn't expecting a girl. But even so, he was expecting someone, so he should have worn something. Enough said. It would be a long enough drive back to the restaurant to shake the image of him. Well, that is until now, as I'm recalling it. I wouldn't report this to anyone in the carryout upon my return. There wouldn't be any time, as it was a Saturday night, and there would be another stack of pizza boxes routed out and ready for me to deliver. My manager, Rick, was gathered with a couple of other delivery drivers as they examined the grease-stained map taped to the foyer walls between the glass doors and the carryout. Rick released his seven hairs that he kept in a long, low ponytail below the spiky top of his haircut shook them around for a few seconds, and bound them back in a rubber band that was the same size as one stretched between the metal braces of top and bottom teeth. He always adjusted his ponytail when he was trying to argue a point. No, uh, see, you want to go south on this road, double back, and hit up the other delivery here on your way back. The other drivers began to see his logic, or they were just antsy to get moving as they dispersed and picked up their stack of deliveries off the counter. The oven made the whole room warm as the aroma of oregano cloaked us over our clothes. The phone answering staff had already delayered at this point, sweatshirts wrapped around their waists. The phones were lighting up green rows as they rang faster than they could be answered. I looked over at my next stack of deliveries and began mapping out my strategy. It was a pretty smooth run, this time, all close to the restaurant, which meant I could deliver them quickly and get back faster to hopefully have more waiting. I began sliding the boxes off the counter when Rick stopped me. Hold on there, darling. You're not going to get all bones. There's a dog in your route, too. He loved his own catchphrases more than anyone else could. A dog and a bone was one he threw out often. It was when he gave a good close delivery with one that was far away, pushing the limits of our boundaries. My dog was in a town called Burbank. Aw, man, come on, Rick. I just came from that side of town, I complained. That's the name of the game, darling, he answered, while running his hand over his ponytail and fidgeting with his pinky ring. He was just, like, really proud of that ponytail. He was also really proud of this wad of money he would pull from his pocket from time to time. He would wave the wad around and say, I don't leave my house with less than $500 in my pocket. The other gals may have been impressed, but I always suspected that the outside $100 bill actually cased a bunch of singles in the middle. I was on my way with my second load of deliveries. The first few stops were nicely kept suburban homes. Children shouted with glee, The pizza's here! The pizza's here! as they ran to answer my knock. And that was always fun. The simple joy of a family gathering after what I assumed to be a long work week. 
The Saturday feel in their homes was charming, and it made the walk back to my car more of a skip, especially when I saw larger tips closer to $5 and sometimes $10. It was time for the dog, though, my long ride into the limits of our boundaries. Burbank was especially annoying, not just because it was far away, but because the streets were all broken up into shorter curves where the name would suddenly change. I threw on some music and decided to enjoy the ride as much as possible. And that was always the cool part about delivering pizzas. I chose my own music, and it was a break away from the busyness of the restaurant. I didn't have to hear or see things I didn't want to. I mean, except for some weirdo half-dressed in a motel room. I just cruised along, me and the Zaz, curing suburban hunger. I arrived at the apartment building in Burbank. It was an unassuming orange brick structure. All the units had their two windows lined up top to bottom. I pushed the button matching the customer's name and waited for the buzzing sound allowing me to enter the building. It was another second floor delivery. And there's always a certain silence in the halls of a building as such. The murmurs of television sets in the doors as I walk past down the hall, and always that one person who decorates the outside of their door with a handcrafted wreath that does nothing but collect dust. I reached my customer's door, which was a bit ajar. I lightly tapped, and the door slowly opened. The apartment was dark. It was pitch black, really. But there was music playing and a camaraderie of a gathering. People were seated around a nearby table laughing and talking. Two folks were dancing in front of the only light in the room. The glow of a radio turned on. And honestly, I was somewhat startled by this. Why are they all hanging out in the dark, I thought. A man emerged from the darkness towards me, holding cash outward with one hand, while he slid the other along the wall leading to the door. This behavior I found unusual, and honestly, it shook me a little inside. This guy was wearing clothes, but also an expression on his face that seemed to go nowhere. He almost seemed to be looking past me, where I was tempted to turn my head and wonder if there was something better for him behind me than the delicious pizza hot in my hands that I had to offer. I felt on guard. Okay, you owe me sixteen seventy-two. I said gruffly, almost rude, but I felt the need to exude some sort of power in a moment that made no sense to me. He smiled, which then lightened it a little for me. This should be enough, right? He asked, holding out a $20 bill, while then tilting his head downward into the side. He was turning an ear towards me, waiting for a response. And that motion of his head the lightless dinner party behind him, his hand feeling his way along the wall, all of the sudden added up for me. This guy is blind. They're all blind in there. Uh, yeah, sure thing. Thanks so much, mister. I replied as I placed the pizza in his now flat palms, extended out, trusting that I would. I sat in my car for a few minutes before starting the engine, basking in a reality that only a 19-year-old who just quit college could. Blind people eat pizza too? And sometimes they eat pizza together? Whoa.
Well, this is as good a place as any to end this episode. My name is Ruru Sig, and I thank you for listening to The Story Chaser. Remember, there are stories everywhere. The key is to focus in on the little memories to find the bigger moments. My promise to you is that I'll keep chasing those stories. Be well, folks, and go ahead. Have a wonderful life.